So Crisp, a tasty bite-sized podcast that serves business, bravery, branding, beauty, sex, love, motherhood, womanhood, feminism, labels, psychology, marketing, messaging, mavenry, musicals, and the mess we call life. All deliciously dished up and ready to consume. In fact, is there anything we don't discuss? Not with Jay Crisp Crow, copywriting queen from Crisp Copy in the kitchen. I hope you're hungry. I am starting to think I have a hidden talent. I think it might be making a career out of copywriting seems like the ultimate in life goals because every year I welcome massage therapists, business coaches, naturopaths, and women from all other walks of life into my group group coaching and one-to-one mentoring crew. And slowly but surely they figure out they could be conversion copywriters. And they're right. Gabby Angelina spent her childhood wanting to be a writer, but like so many of us was told that it wasn't the most sensible choice for an income generating career. So she was a teacher and then a principal and then a music specialist. And then she owned a business teaching piano, taking that online when COVID hit in the US, moving her entire business model to a virtual one, led her to realize she had a specific talent for making tech easy. She consumed courses like cornflakes and actually implemented what she knew with very little stress or fuss. She understood funnels and zaps and automations and upsells and all the ways that humans access information through a building block system, slowly being educated to the point they can figure out what they really need. And all of that just made sense to her. When Gabby and I started working together around a year ago, it was fairly obvious writing was one of her many gifts. The way that Gabby approaches copy is strategic because the way Gabby thinks about everything she learned about funnels is strategic. And I think that's one of the reasons she writes such beautifully converting copy is that every word has a purpose and Gabby seems to have a God-given talent to know what that purpose is. So today we are welcoming Gabby. Huge welcome to you. Oh, day. your words are always so gracious. Thank you. I, um, yeah, I value you not only as my friend, but as one of my mentors and uh, just grateful to occupy this space with you. Oh, really thank am. you. Thank you. That's lovely. So I've washed over your beginning into entrepreneurship. So can you tell us a little bit more about your pathway to get to this point up until now? Oh, mercy. Um, yeah. So, um, <laughs> You know, I've um, kind of I've had a presence in on in the online space as a music teacher for some time before COVID hit. Um, you know, music teachers are I'm a pianist, a classically trained pianist and cellist. Um, and um, yeah, referencing that story, my father once told me, so I wanted to write when I was a little girl. I was really big into literature and the books and the classics and the writing and the and my my parents are um, you know, Mexican and Cuban immigrants, and they my father said to me, You will never make money with your words. You actually need to go do something that will pay you money and words will not pay you any money. I remember being heartbroken, but I, you know, I did, I was a good girl. I did what everybody told me to do. Um, and, uh, but eventually I did pursue music because I, I noticed that I had an affinity for that and a skill base and a skill set and did that moved into the online space. But you know, when things aren't quite aligned for you, like you're just not, they don't really jive. You do them because you can, and you're okay, but they're not in that. So yeah, I pivoted my business um, in December of last year, uh, found you and a few other amazing, beautiful copywriting mentors. And uh, here I am. Yeah, here I am. It's been really um, story brand certified um, as officially as of next week. And so essentially, I essentially have been writing website copy um, for women owned brands this past year. It's been really fun. Um, do you think that there is a, <clears throat> this was not on my question list, but do you think that there is a, a link between understanding music and understanding writing? Oh, that's a good question. Let me think on that. 
Um, I think that it, it can be. So I think that at least from the story brand perspective and music is very much this way, um, you're telling a story, right? You're actually writing a narrative. You're taking someone through a journey, whether a composition, a piece of music. Um, I mean, there are different ebbs and flows in music. And I think copywriting has a lot of that same thing from a story brand perspective. You're actually taking that website visitor through a story where they're the hero of that story. And you simply as the brand or the guide that's moving that hero through the initial presentation of their problem to the transformation. You're essentially showing them how to achieve that transformation. I mean, if you ever watch movies, um, the hero of the story is not typically the smartest or the savviest or they, but they encounter a guide somewhere that compels them to pursue whatever goal it is that they're trying to achieve. And that goal, that guide ends up being in the website world in the copywriting world, the story brand world, you, you as the brand. Um, and so, yeah, I would say there is because there's a story to tell and everyone is wrapped up in their own story. Uh, I mean, who is the most important person in your world other than your children, right? But uh, it's you. I mean, it's like you you want to know what you feel, what you think, how you relate to things, how you relate to people, how you relate to brands, how you relate to products. So you end up being the hero of your own story. And when you have a problem and you're looking for a solution, you go to that brand looking for the solution. But if they present themselves as the hero of that brand, why would I need that? because I'm already the hero of my story. I don't need you to be the hero of my story. I need you to help me be a better hero of my own story. Um, but I think music is very much the same way, right? Why do people go to concerts and why do people go to play? I mean, they go to be entertained to some extent, but you go to be moved through a progression through a story, I think. I remember yeah, when question. I first started learning about copywriting and learning about the psychology behind how people read um, and my mum is a reading specialist, so she teaches children who struggle to read um, for any reason, uh, language difficulties, um, you know, English as a second language, all those kinds of things. And so I picked her brain a lot when I started about, you know, how we look at a page and how we consume sentences or half sentences. Um, and it all made sense to me when I realised that that's how I was taught to read music. You don't read and then play or read and then sing a note at a time. You look at the whole phrase at once and you almost hear it in your head mm -hmm. as your eyes are picking up all of the words at once. You don't read each single word. And that made a lot of sense to me because of that music connection. I also think that people have a natural, the way that they speak, which is how we should write conversion yeah. copy, right? Like it should sound like a conversation. Um, has and Everybody has like a natural rhythm, um, mm -hmm. like a natural, like a tempo even of just mm -hmm. a feel to it, um, which to me, I think people's, the way that people speak sounds like music a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's interesting because research actually shows you that music is a first, the very first language that any child infant will interact with. Mm. the actual verbal language comes secondary. Mm. Um, so, I mean, you know, th there's been research that is, okay, well, I'll give you an example. Um, so years ago, I came across a study um, of a, they were music scientists in Canada that had taken an infant child and had put the, I don't know what mother would allow their child to go through this MRI machine, right? Like a three-day-old baby. And they moved this, this three-day-old baby through an MRI machine and they had the mother talk 
And in the brain, essentially, of this infant child, all these neurons, like all these pathways started lighting up, like it just lit up the MRI. And so um, they turned the mother, they had the mother stop talking, and then they played music. And the same neural pathways just completely lit up and bright. It was just a beautiful study. The idea being that that child interpreted his or her mother's voice as music. So music literally is the foundation of almost everything that we do. Um, and I believe that once you lay your language on top of that, because we are musical creatures, um, storytelling is just another layer of that music. Um, copy Conversion copy, which really is just a story, it's a different version of storytelling, right? Yeah. Uh, layers on top of that. And it just, okay. um, yeah. That has to be a bloggy right? Okay. <laughs> I will. I know you. about that. That's really cool. Okay. So one of the reasons that I was interested in having you speak to my people, these people and the people listening is, is your inherent and strategic understanding of how copy is used to hold that reader by the hand and get them from point slightly interested to, I need this in my life. And mm -hmm. what sealed the deal for me was a story that you told me about a large course group that you're in where all the women were getting tied in these massive knots trying to figure out all these itty bitty details of tech and systems and what platform should they use and there's just endless conversations about it and you kept saying to me they're really missing this big picture of mm. what's the point like what's your messaging what's the purpose so can you tell us yeah. you know without obviously without naming names can you tell us a little bit about that Realization. Yeah, yeah. So um, as you mentioned earlier, I am a habitual course taker. I don't know. I mean, I have probably invested a six figure investment over the past couple of years because I love to learn. Like I love to, and you have called me as my friend out on this. You need to start implementing instead of just learning. And it's true. So just, you know, disclaimer to everyone out there that is also like me. Yes, you do need to implement and take those resources and help to serve others uh, with the knowledge base that you acquire. But um, so I was in this group and I also build Kajabi websites on the side because I happen to really love Kajabi and all the, the tech components there. Um, and um, they were all caught up in, essentially it was a course on how to build a course. And they were all caught up in what, what email marketing platform should I use? Well, have you tried MailChimp or have you tried, um, you know, Aweber? Have you tried this? Have you tried? And I'm just like, well, who cares? What well, I mean, because here's the thing, an email marketing platform is going to do what an email marketing platform is meant to do, right? Which is meant to deliver your emails, right? That's really the very basic element of an email marketing platform. Whichever one you use is irrelevant. I think that eventually as you grow and your business grows and the needs for the analytical information that you derive from your open, your click rates, your all of your heat maps, your all of that other stuff that you can put on websites and even in some uh, emails, um, that, that essentially will evolve. So you can always move your, your platform, right? It's just a matter of downloading your file and transferring it to another. So I think what I was trying to convey in this group, and they weren't quite there yet. And, and I can't fault them because I mean, people have tried to tell me things and I wasn't quite ready to hear. So you can't initiate action if you're not, if you yourself are not quite in that place. But the idea was being essentially was just pick one. It doesn't matter because what really matters more is the message that your brand is trying to put out into the world because hello, it's a noisy and crowded space out there. So how are you clarifying your message and how are you serving the people that only you uniquely are intended to serve? And because it's like, how many other copywriters are there in the world? A thousand, right? Maybe 10,000. I don't know how many there are, but there's only one J. Crisp Crow. And you only do what you do very uniquely. And so the people that are alongside you, that follow you, that subscribe to your content, that purchase your products, want 
what you deliver because you deliver it in a very unique way. And so that's what I was trying to convey, I guess, in this group. And they weren't quite ready to hear that um, because they were like, well, what about, but if I use this and I mean, can I host my courses here as well? I'm like, just pick a platform. It doesn't matter. Eventually you can all connect it. You can put all those pieces together. And if you outgrow it, you know what? There are others out there that you can then take your stuff and you can move it over to the other platform. Like there is no, I mean, you're the business owner. There is no finality. You as a person are a fluid individual. You're constantly changing and interacting with other people and learning from experiences. Your business is very similar. You do, you are not married forever to whatever email marketing platform that you use. You can pick another one. I wanted you to tell that story because I think there will be a lot of people here today and listening that think, oh my goodness, I think that might be me. Like I think I might have spent six months not sending out my emails because I haven't picked the perfect email platform to use yet. And if people are recognising themselves in what you've just said, what should they be thinking of instead? You, I mean, you just gave us a little bit of hint about clarifying your message. But if they yeah. are all, all caught up in that, what are they, what are they miss? What should they be thinking of right now that, that makes them kind of go, right, actually, do I have all of these other ducks lined up? Yeah, well, I mean, it's just, they're really, I have seen women business owners start with just a Facebook group. I mean, something as simple and as elementary and rudimentary is just a simple group. Um, some of them actually just start and launch products within an email marketing platform. They just pick MailChimp and they start mailing their list or they start building their list or they start connecting with other people. You don't need all the bells and whistles and the gadgets and the fancy things in order to be able to take your content and your product out to the world. What I do believe, though, is that we are in the business. And, you know, you and I shared an experience that I had that wasn't very positive yesterday. But it was what was interesting is that I think that sometimes as online business owners, we lose the fact that we're actually we're in the business of people. Mm. not products mm. and not services. Mm. Um, and if you're in the business of people, your entire the entire point of your brand is to connect with people so that you can serve and help those people alleviate whatever pain points they have and give them a better version of themselves. Because isn't that what we all want? Mm. Do we not all want to improve and be better? And so if if you have that ability and you have that message and you have a skill set, let's say I don't I've been struggling with sourdough starter. For I, I can't tell you weeks, okay, because I can't quite get the right you, flour. I've tried a number of an amazing sourdough. <laughs> well, I tried a new wheat, a new a new flour, and it's not working. But you know what? If somebody had a course on sourdough starters, <laughs> I would go off and purchase it because they have a skill set that I would love to obtain. And it doesn't matter how fancy the website is, as long as their messaging is speaking to me. And they're a guide. I'm the hero, right? That's trying to figure out how to make my sourdough bread. And they're the guide that's going to carry me and hold my hand over to the next, the, the beautiful bowls and, you know, sourdough, you know, baguettes that I want to make. It doesn't matter what part, email platform you're on, whether you're hosting on Kajabi or Thinkific or WordPress or wherever it is that you are, the message is still the same. You, you connect with me as the hero of my own story and I will follow you. Yeah, I love it. I think something that you just said there too is really interesting. And I think when we're writing our own copy, this can happen. I, I, I was thinking to myself last night, and I actually mentioned something to my husband where I, I said, you know, when I first started out, I was so green and I just, mm. I wanted it all so badly. And I was so enthusiastic about everything. And I, you know, I, 
I started out kind of messaging these heroes of mine in the in the copywriting and the editing and the writing world almost almost oh god it was so naive and I kind of cringe about it now but I was almost like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this with you and I'm, I'm so excited and I you know I just wanted like almost like a fan moment like I just wanted you to know like what an inspiration you are and some of the responses I got were they all had a common theme. All of the negative responses I got had a common theme of like, it was almost like exhausted snark. It was oh, like wow. they, was, they, were, they were jaded. And, and as my business grew, kind of last year and this year a little bit, I found myself catching myself a couple of times. Like, you mm. know, sometimes somebody pops up in your Instagram and they're like, you know, I'm so inspired by you. I've, I've started a copywriting business and I wanted to show you my website. And one woman did that and it was it was it wasn't the greatest moment because I said to her like I I love you know I love the colors I love your enthusiasm do you realize you've copied my exact product description for exactly the same thing like there's inspiration and then there's just like maybe you've saturated that day <laughs> like go look at a couple of other people because that's not like here's mine and here's yours and she was like oh I can see how you would think that yeah but I kind of caught myself feeling that you know, when you've been in business for a little while and you think, yeah, let's, my feeling always is that's lovely and I'm pleased for you. I hope you're still here in two years' time. And mm. it's that kind of that jaded attitude to things. Yeah. yeah. And I think that when we, sometimes when we uh, kind of understand how the business world works, that can seep into our copy a little bit because we spend so much time trying to educate these people that we really do want to work with to get to the point where they even understand what it is that we offer so that they can help themselves. Yeah. And so sometimes that can get a little bit exhausting. And especially when we're doing things like writing funnels, which we're going to talk about in a minute, where there is just this massive, massive amount of copy and content that is needed to come from our heart and be drip fed to these people is that we can start to almost speak to the clients like they're almost the enemy. Mm. You know, like, yeah, no, I, I can absolutely relate to that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think that yeah. that, that can be, you know, quite, that can be quite dangerous. Yeah. 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 You said something that well, it's, yeah, that. it's just because we're, um, you know, and kind of like in my response to this, I mean, very briefly, I just had a, an unfortunate incident with, um, kind of a, a mentor in a program that I had enrolled in and she, accused me of something that was so disjointed. Like it was so non sequitur. It was so, um, and I was heartbroken by it. I messaged Jay. I was like, I can't believe she said this about, but I, I think what, you know, what she was missing there is that you're, you're in the business of, of people mm. as a business owner. That's what you are. You're here to serve. You're here to work. You're here to move alongside. Now, I mean, forgive me, but every business obviously needs money to keep the lights on. I'm not yeah. saying that you're here to work for free. You're not here to work for the value that you are and what you contribute to the world. However, I do think that in the end, you're still working with people. And yeah. if they feel like you feel, if they hurt like you hurt, if they cry like you cry, if they have joy like you have, then you and them, you and I are the same. We're the same. And so if I, I mean, would I feel that way? And so it's like, when you look on somebody's website, I think one of the, the struggles that a lot of the women that I've worked with this past year is that they write as if that person kind of were the end of the, there is a bitter angst sometimes there, but I encourage them to actually look at their site as a customer or a prospective customer would come on and look at their site. Mm 
Um, one, um, someone suggested to me once, which I thought was actually brilliant. They said, why don't you go into a coffee shop, go to a Starbucks, or I don't know what you have there, but we have Starbucks all over the place. Like you can throw a rock and hit a Starbucks here in the U S <laughs> and, um, you go to go and open up your website and go, you know, don't be too creepy, but go ask somebody to look at your website because typically you have about five to eight seconds to catch someone's attention before the fold and fold came from the old copy newspaper days when they would take like, you know, the New York times or whatever, and they put the headlines up there, this, that fold right there, all of this information here had to catch their attention before they essentially get that micro conversion to help them move down the page. Yeah. 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 It's an old, old copywriting concept. And so your website has the same thing, right? Before the fold, they have, you get about five seconds to catch their attention and have them keep scrolling down the page. Uh, But go into this coffee shop and ask them, what is my website about? And if you, if they can't tell you who you, who you are, who you serve essentially, and how they can work with you, you more than likely have already lost them. You failed. And so, yeah, I mean, you failed, <laughs> you know, go back to the drawing board. <laughs> so, but the thing is, is that, I mean, again, we're in the business of people. And so you want to be able to connect with people really as quickly as possible so that you can move them into your world and you can move into theirs. And then you begin this beautiful conversation that goes mm-hmm. back and forth. And as you move down the page so that you're able to ultimately um, help them resolve their problem and, and give them the best version of themselves. I love it. Okay. So that's a beautiful segue con- um, conversation. So funnels are a conversation. <laughs> I think yeah. they're, but this is the reason that when, if you guys, if, if you're on my email list, I don't have like dear first name. I just continue to talk at you as if you answered me, which um, was a, was a brand choice because some of you do answer me and it's the best day of my lives when I do get, um, uh, replies to emails yeah. um but it is it is a it is a conversation so can you explain to people watching and listening in words of grade seven level or below <laughs> what a funnel is yes okay i even go lower than that fifth grade which is here in the united states they tell you to write to at least a fifth grade level uh which is about anywhere between eight and ten years ten years old <laughs> for i mean i don't know how grades are segregated out, out in australia but uh, a funnel essentially is a marketing asset and here i am using insider language but it is a piece of marketing collateral something that you own that you are creating steps sequences by which you move a customer essentially through a progression, through a series potentially of products, or maybe through a series of a sequence to nurture that customer to get to one final product, that, if that makes sense. So it can be a series, like a series of product stacks, um, like a tiny offer that moves to an order bump, that moves to a one-time offer, that moves to essentially a course, an evergreen course, or it could be essentially a series of emails where you're nurturing um, this prospective customer before you actually present them with the opportunity to, for uh, the sale. Okay. Wait, let me stop you there. The, so the two things that you've just described, I think that that is some often misunderstood that both of those things are funnels. Funnels do not have to happen through just an email, do they? Correct. They That's can correct. So, so let's break this down for people that are listening. What the other option is, is that if you went to someone's website and you downloaded their freebie, when you hit subscribe, yes, please send that to my email address. Before you went to go and check your email to find that freebie, you would be offered another page that maybe offered you a 
like a, an offer that is either a limited time, sorry, discounted for a limited time or a small amount of money that would that you could take advantage of at that time before you even left the website to go and check your, your emails. Correct. And That's so the correct. But there are also, yes. go ahead, Jake. Sorry. No, 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 I was going to say there are other elements that you can actually precede that, that journey for. Because, I mean, a funnel essentially is just a customer journey. Mm-hmm. That's very simple. That's all it is. There are different ways to get that customer into your world. Social media could be the very front end of a funnel, potentially an inst- Instagram post or a series of stories. Um, Facebook posts or a Facebook story or a Facebook live could be the front end of a, of a funnel. Your website is actually part of a funnel because you're educating, teaching, instructing, presenting your offer yourself. You're not asking for the sale. You could be, but you don't have to before you move them into other components on, on that journey. So essentially a funnel is just a customer journey. And if, if we can stick with the, with the website social media to website to you click yes the first time to you're offered a second offer at that time immediately. What is your thinking about the difference between that first step being a freebie or that first step being a paid resource that is of a lower cost than the big the big goal at the end? Yeah, yeah. So I think there are two different ways that you can approach that. I'll, I'll say this. It's your business, my girl. Anybody listening, you can do it any which way you want. There is no right, because I think that online business really is just an exercise in experimentation. After you connect with your audience, after you get to know who you're, you know, everyone talks about this ideal customer avatar that has to fall from the heavens. You have to name them and know their family members and their dogs. And you don't have to get that extensive. If you're stuck on that already, then we should be talking about, we should have another conversation, (laughs) right? Um, But um, ultimately you can do it any way you want. I have seen funnels that are built out from essentially a lead magnet. So they will run Facebook ads, for example, to a lead magnet. And a lead magnet is just a free piece of content that you have created that will enable them to, I've heard, um, I knew a marketer once that actually called it a cider sample. And I was like, why do you call it a cider sample? She's like, have you ever been to like uh, a market, a farmer's market or a a mall or something where they're giving you a freebie? They have a plate of something and they're offering you a small taste and you taste that cookie or that. They give us sausages. (laughs) I'm a vegan. I don't know what kind of farmer's market you have in Texas, but we get cooked sausages with a teenager, greasy teenager holding them out to you on a plate in the middle of Woolies. <laughs> Nothing. But yeah, you. sorry. Go on. <laughs> no, it's just funny, but it's it's the same concept. Mm-hmm. So you're tasting something of that brand that mm-hmm. you has already helped you, that you've liked, you've gotten a little bit of, mm, okay, I kind of like this. Let me go investigate. So think about a natural relationship. I mean, you don't ask someone to marry you on the first date, right? Or maybe some people do. I don't know. I, that was, it didn't happen to me, but you, that very first step in a relationship is curiosity, right? Like you want to figure out, Hmm, who is this person who is customers are constantly checking out brands. Who is this brand? Is this aligned with me? Does it align with my values? Do I, you know, and then after that curiosity comes enlightenment, when you've given them something that has helped them, that has propelled them forward in some way, they're enlightened. Oh, this is really cool. She's got something that I could potentially, and this helped me. I actually implemented her stuff on the free content and I've used it. I've gotten results. Ooh, I like this. I'm going to go back and see what else she has that could potentially help me. And then from there, you can move them through a series of emails where you continue to nurture that relationship. You continue to go out on dates, right? Where you get to know each other and you get to 
you're not asking them to marry you on that very first date. That's one way to do it, essentially. And there are fantastic, amazing marketers that I have learned from, you know, Jeff Walker and all these other people that have been doing it for decades. And that's their approach. There is another approach where you could essentially create a very low cost offer. Some people call it a tiny offer or a micro offer. It is something that is value packed. It could be a video series. It could be an ebook. It could be something. It is a, an asset that you create um, that has an enormous amount of value um, mm. that you put out there for a low cost. Here, it could be you know 27 USD or 37 USD. And from there, you can essentially offer what they, people would call an order bump. You're bumping something up, which is another value. You are stacking another asset that is connected to that very first asset. So let's say I am creating um, an asset that will teach you how to go live 365 days of the year. I have, I struggle with going live on camera and this would be a great asset for me. I will get this. It's, but then the order bump that I create for you is a content calendar. Now I'm going to tell you exactly what to say when you're going live these 365 days. And then a third component of that stack would be a one-time offer. Here's my one-time offer. I'm giving you the scripts and the emails that you can send out for your content calendar because you're now going live 365 days a year. So I've created essentially a stack of value at a low price point and each price point continues to build upon the other. That ultimately could lead to a higher ticket price like a 997 course, a 1997 course, or ultimately even a higher end offer like a high ticket mastermind or something like that. But again, I go back and say, you have to create, in my opinion, what aligns with you. If you create an asset that's free for your customer, for your prospective audience, and you want to deliver that service, like that cider sample that my friend had said, that's fantastic. Then do that. If it aligns with you and you want to deliver content to be able to serve, absolutely, I support that. If you want to create a tiny offer or a micro offer at a $27 price point, absolutely, you go do that. Whatever aligns with you and whatever fits your business model and really whatever feels intuitively correct it will be the right thing for you. There's no, in my opinion, there's no right or wrong answer. Brilliant. So I think one of the things that we, we, that our clients, our copywriting clients struggle with is in either of those situations or those scenarios, the trick is getting the reader to not only download, but implement the free thing or the $27 thing, because it is either free or $27. And ultimately what we know about most people when they are marketed to is people like you and I who buy a lot of stuff. If it is not, if it does not have a deadline, if it does not have a live component, and if it was free or cheap, we sometimes don't value it as much as we should. And so we just don't do it. And if we don't do it, we miss that part of the, the process in the funnel that you were just talking about where we as consumers don't get that hit of, oh my goodness, this person could actually help me. What else have they got? So mm-hmm. I think this is where our copy can almost, well, give us the best shot of making the reader understand what the power of them actually doing the thing that they've asked for help with would be. And that's where all those follow-up emails help. Does that Yeah, those Yeah, those follow-up emails are absolutely crucial. But I think a lot of that case studies and testimonials, because Mm. again, going back to story writing, who doesn't like a good story? I mean, I love Rags to Riches story. I don't know about you guys, but I do. I mean, I think about poo-pooed here in Australia. I've seen a lot of negative about it this year. It's all oh, we're so sick of rags to riches stories. And I'm like, like 
my rags to riches story is not a creation. Like we had 20 <laughs> cents left on the day that we moved into this house. Like this is, this is not a fallacy. This, I purely tell this not, it, there's even, okay. So anybody telling their rags to riches story, I think could get on board with the fact that every single time you tell it, that nugget of shame does not go away. It doesn't reduce. <laughs> you tell it because it helps one other person that you tell go, correct. I have hope and I'm going to keep, I'm going to grit in and I'm going to keep at it because I love this and I think I could make it if I just Correct. did all the, you know, had a bit yeah, of Yeah, well, think about every that. movie that you've ever watched. Like, I mean, if if the hero gets their girl, right, in the beginning, in the first 15 minutes of the movie, you more than likely have lost interest, okay, or whatever, or he detonates the bomb or, or he, you know, yeah. he unplugs the bomb or whatever. And <laughs> Nobody wants to watch a movie that's two hours long when the hero already solved the problem in the first 15 minutes. Like, everyone wants to be inspired. Everyone yeah. wants, I think, intrinsically, everybody... You know, and it really goes to, as a business owner, and we were talking about being jaded and bitter, it really goes to what do you believe about your prospective buyer? If you're constantly believing the worst about them, like what seems like right now, every all of humanity seems to believe the worst about everybody else right now in the situation that we're currently in globally, sure, I can see how that would be a result, right? But you have to, as an entrepreneur, I think, choose to believe the best about people. Mm, I love that. Um, and the idea being that they want to transform. They want to be better, just like you want to be better. They want to serve, just like you want to serve. You want to see goodness prevail, just like they want to see goodness prevail. And if that's the case, what is wrong with the rags to riches story? Like, I want to know every time I am told about my Cuban immigrants, essentially escaping communist Cuba, having to go through Spain, having to go, I mean, all these I am so inspired by that because I think, wow, they've sacrificed, they've endured, they've prevailed, and I reap now the benefit. How will I take that beautiful story and preserve it and move forward with that and the actions and the decisions that I make going forward for myself and for my family? Because it costs a lot to mm. get to where I am right now. And so if anyone else can be inspired and receive hope from that, why would you not tell that? Why? And it's yeah. the same thing, I think, in your email marketing too. It's, I mean, share those examples, share how either your product or the journey of a customer with your product or how you guided that customer moved them from one experience to the experience that they ultimately desire to be. There's nothing manipulative in that. There's nothing, in my opinion, all you're doing, if you can inspire, encourage, and build up and help people to rise up, forgive me, but I consider you a superstar. Because there's, there's a lot in the world right now that is actually trying to suppress all of that. Mm. And so if we lived on hope, how much lovelier would the world not be? I love that. Oh, Gabby, you're making right. it really difficult for me to pick the best half sentence at the top <laughs> of this show notes. You're making it really hard. Um, oh, my, Jay, you're so gracious. You're my so gracious. besties, um, Kendall, always says, um, be a builder-upper because we have enough terror downers in the world. And then, Isn't that, but isn't that point, uh, and isn't that specific and sharp? We do look around. You can throw again, kind of like the Starbucks, you can throw a rock and have somebody, you know, call you a name or tell you you're too skinny. You're too fat. Your hair's too dark. You're right. And you're like, what in the world? Like, you don't even know me. Right. And why don't you connect with me? Because I want to connect with you. And I bet I can learn something from you that I didn't know. And that can help me to grow. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing I believe with the people that we serve. And I think that needs to be reflected in our copy it needs to be reflected in the testimonials and the stories that we share because people want they want a story. They want to see themselves as, because everyone is living their own story, right? Health issues, houses burned down, you know, jobs collapse. I mean, it's just, it's just the world, right? 
everyone wants to be part of a story and they want to be, everyone wants to be known. Everyone wants someone to recognize them, to see them. Um, and you can essentially showcase all of that to prospective buyers, to consumers, to whoever is using your product. Yeah, look, I identify this and she made it. Look at how far she's gone. Um, and this is an amazing thing and it needs to be celebrated. In this episode, Gabby Angelina mentioned a couple of really lovely outcomes about working with me one-on-one. So for the first time ever in a So Crisp episode, I'm going to tell you a little bit about copy mentoring with me. I teach women in business, that's you, who want to learn to write to sell all your stuff or do that for your clients. It's basically you and me and your brand for 12 weeks and you get to rent my copywriting and branding brain, get me on your team as your on-call copywriting mentor and together we'll work to take your business from meh to tears of joy marvellous in 12 much more fun than you'd actually think sessions. This is part mentorship, part pit crew and totally open book for all women in business and that means VAs, copywriters and marketing pros are also welcome. If you'd like to find out more about working with me one-on-one, go to bit.ly forward slash mentoring with Jay. The link is in the show notes. Rags to riches stories, I think too, for anybody listening, doesn't have to be as literal as I decided that my life was going to (laughs) be. Um, your rags to riches story, you know, that part of the storytelling that we love because we, you know, as humans, we, we kind of love the underdog. We really are like inside. And a lot of women inside are Florence Nightingale. Like we are, we're, we're, sometimes we hide it. Sometimes we take it to dating life. You know, my mum used to say you had the lame duck syndrome. Um, but, but ultimately we want the good guy to win, but you don't have to, your, your rags to riches story does not have to be as literal as mine was. Most people have a rags to riches story in the way that they think about things, in the way that they mm. tackled the creation of their business, in the way that they changed their perspective on how they were going to live their life to create something that was going to actually support the life that they wanted to live, not just make them a whole lot of money. Um, yeah. You know, there's everybody has that evolution story where um, that your people want to know about. Right. Okay. So you need a heck of a lot of copy to create a funnel that works. Now, all those things that we just talked about, I'm sure anybody who's listening to this going, how many words is that? So (laughs) let's just break down for people. Where do you start writing a funnel? Because funnels do not start with what tech do I use? I think we've learned that today. Where do you start writing a funnel and what bits of copy do you need? I would say, um, and a story brand, um, again, going back to story brand, but I just, I love how they essentially create. So they have what essentially what's called a map. Um, and you start out with the, where there are different components there, but I would say simplistically your website. Um, because if you can, if you can really refine the message on your website and it can be clear and succinct and they know what you do and they know how they can access the service that will move them towards that transformation. All you do is essentially repeat a lot of that and different variations and different elements on all of your marketing collateral. And that's why I think your brand messaging really is important. It really, in my opinion, now it's not to say again, going back to being married, you don't have to marry. It's going to evolve as you evolve, as you work with your people. Um, and, you know, Jay and I are working on a website right now that we're going to put out that I know already it's, it's going to change. It's going to shift and it's going to move. And I'm okay with that. And I think I, I, you could give yourself permission to be okay with that. 
Um, but I personally think, and from what I've seen this past year and my experience with story brand and stuff, that getting that brand message is absolutely foundational because then all you're doing is repeating that same, not the same copy, but a variation of that same message on your Facebook ads. And you're moving it into your Facebook stories, uh, your Instagram stories and your Facebook lives and your blog posts and your podcast episodes. And they all become almost like a spider web, right? It's all little parts going off of that same central message. And so if you are a pressure washing company for houses, you know, and your message essentially is I make your house shine, um, have the different variations of that go all over every single marketing piece of marketing collateral that you then own and that you put out into the world. So once you have a map, do you have any tips for actually writing the copy? So would you, if you were thinking I'm going to create say, um, you know, five Facebook ads that go to a landing page that offer a lead magnet that is free. And then I'm going to create an upsell or a bump um, after that. And then I'm going to send people five emails that nurture them through getting to know me before I make another offer. Where would you start with actually the writing of it? And what do you have any kind of really great Gabby five tips about how to pull that out of yourself. Yeah. Go ask Jay would be one of my <laughs> tips. I would be like, Oh, Jay, does this resonate with you? Are you, are you cool? Are you getting this? Here's, here's the thing that, and you and I've talked about this a little bit too. And I was talking to a copywriter just yesterday about this. Um, I have found it a little bit challenging to write my own copy because I'm so immersed in it. Right. And it's been hard for me to go and look at my site as some prospective buyer, the same advice that I give to other women that I've worked with, I have struggled with myself. So um, I think that, oh, I might have to ask you to ask that question again, Jay. Sorry, I went off on a- No, no, that's okay. So all the bits of copy, do you have any hints for actually getting the words out for all of those individual Hmm. pieces of copy? Yeah. So um, the first thing I think that you need to do is identify who the hero of your story is, right? Which ends up being not you and not your brand and not your product and not the service that you offer, but ultimately that person. So we know your ICA, we know their pain points, we know what they're struggling with. And I mean, you have all sorts of valuable content out there to help I mean, the members in your program and the course students and stuff go through all of this content. Um, I also think that you need to clarify the problem that they're struggling with. They need to be able to resonate and identify what it is that they're there to do. And you need to remind them, Mm. you know, we talked about this the other day and you made such a just brilliant statement. I think you even Instagrammed this, right? You put this on IG and you said something like desire essentially, and I'm going to butcher this, but desire can st- can be the same motivator as pain. Um, and I really liked that because I think in a lot of the copy courses that I've taken over the past year, um, they frequently focus on problem agitation solution. Okay. It's, it's a very well-known, you know, copywriting well, framework. We do but the agi- acknowledgement solution. I love that. See, and I learned world. that. We have enough agitation. I have to say, whoever is listening, I mean, I have found a true gem in Jay and I'm very grateful because it really gave me a different perspective. Why can you not acknowledge? I mean, yeah, it's like, they're already there because they hurt. Why are you going to continue to sit there and grind um, so that they hurt even more? Because here's the thing. If you continue to press so much on the hurt, 
they then become disillusioned and they're going to go find somebody else that's going to make them feel better. Okay. <laughs> um, and you remember, you only have five to eight seconds to get them off of that headline down to the scrolling of the page. And so if you're going to sit there and continue, if they have a wound and all you're doing is picking it and picking it and picking it for three quarters of the page, I'm done. Like you are a negative person and I'm moving on to somebody else, even though they may have an inferior product, I'm moving on to somebody else that's going to make me feel better. So, um, but I do think that when you come along and you present your brand, not your product, but you present your brand and the message of your brand, you have to present yourself as the guide um, to that person. Think about any movie that you've watched. Okay. Again, that hero is struggling. And unless somebody comes up and helps that person win the girl or, you know, stop the bomb from exploding or whatever it is that they're doing, that person that's coming alongside, you are the guide. They're the hero and they need to see themselves as they're going through the copy on your homepage, as they're going through the copy on your services page, whatever it is, but you're there to guide them and help them move them over to, again, and I've said this before, but a better version of themselves. The other thing I would also you know, add to that is people need about eight to 10 touch points with a particular message in order to be able to remember the message, um, which means that you as the brand need to speak that message, not eight to 10 times, but probably 500, yeah. right? I mean, it constantly needs- all of it, right? I, I hear women say this yeah. all the time. Like I'm so, I'm starting to feel like this website that I've been working on with you for the last three months, because I'm writing it, I'm so bored to death of it. And I'm like, that's just because you've read it from top yeah. to bottom. That's not how our people access yes. our information at all. Correct. And I think you even said that to me several months ago, but there is a, there's a, a mattress business that has been in the Houston area. I live outside of Houston in Texas. Um, and he has been marketing mattresses and furniture ever since I can remember. And he takes like dollar bills. Here's a business card of a piano teacher, but he takes business. He jumps up on the commercial and he says, gallery furniture will save you money today. He's been saying this for 20 years. Okay. When you think of gallery furniture, you think, I'm going to be saving money today. <laughs> you know, it's a very simple, yeah. but your brand has to be memorable. It absolutely does. And how do you do that? You essentially are repeating the same message over and over and over, not the same words. I mean, you can essentially the copy, the actual syntax, the movement of the words the, I mean, that can shift, but the message has to be the same and it has to be clear. And if you're using insider language, like you and I talked about this the other day, the word conversion, mm. We're online marketers, right? We know what a conversion is, but yeah. does someone who has a problem that knows they're kind of problem aware, they might be solution aware. Do they know what a conversion is? You and I think it's no big deal, right? It's insider language, but I, I, writing to that fifth grade, you know, audience in a very simplistic, but not in a dumbed down way, assume no. that your reader is intelligent, but don't assume that your reader knows what you do and how you can solve their problem. You have to tell them. I think you have to clearly you have a, communicate. A writing process. That's a good question. Do I? Um, I always start with a brand. Uh, well, I'll tell you what I start with. Um, the people that I've worked with, I start with their why. I do a real quick writing why workshop, um, and I've done this in a group. And the idea being is, why are you? Why are you this brand? Why do you want to do this? Because I think if you can, as as an individual, you are not your brand. I will say this: you can be your brand. You can be part of your brand, but you are not your brand. You are the person behind the brand that's driving the message of the brand. Right. And so, but you have to know why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and so if you can resonate with that deep, why I think you can move on and discover brand voice a lot easier. 
Um, if you can discover brand voice and you can then discover brand messaging. Uh, if you can discover brand messaging and you've already done the research on your ICA and your avatar and the person that you're essentially the hero of your story, you can then start to move them towards the transformation. But I write in essentially seven different parts. I find my hero. I figure out my problem. I figure out the guide. I relate empathy. Um, I give them a plan, a very, it's called a value stack in the story brand, in the story brand world and telling you exactly what you're going to get, how you're going to get it and how it's going to help your life. Um, and then I call them to action. Essentially, you want a very clear call to action, but you also want the last thing I think that a lot of people miss that I missed initially when I started working with Jay was you miss that, that aspirational identity. Mm. People want to aspire to a better version of themselves. They really do. Like, I don't, I mean, if you believe the best about people, you believe that people want to be better. Um, you believe that, you know, if you're lying in the middle of traffic, that someone will stop and help you, right? Because common humanity requires, you're almost compelled and obligated to go out and support and help and and, and bring back in and, and nurture and, and, and yeah, and keep alive essentially. Um, but because our brain is designed and there's research that shows this, our, our brain always wants to essentially protect. Um, and so if you allow a customer to expand brain calories, essentially brain energy, trying to figure out what it is that you do and how you help them, they're literally going to move on to another product that could be inferior, but that has a clearer message. Mm -hmm. And you don't want that because you know that you have the ability, the skill set, and the opportunity to help them. And so I feel like it is a responsibility to us to work through that website wireframe to make sure that we're going through that, that website that is clear, it's defined, um, it positions the customer as the hero, you as the guide, and you've already talked about the aspirational identity and how you as a guide can help them get there or else they're going to move on to another yeah, another it. service. Or and then everything else is literally almost layout and tech and a system, yeah. isn't it? And that's all the stuff that has, I mean, that's the whole premise of today is that's all the stuff that comes after you've figured yeah. out the juice and the guts of who you are and what you do and how that's going to make them your yeah. people better. You know, I was okay. in a, a class today. I saw a post just really quickly in a group um, and uh, the poor girl had launched um, and she only got two sales. And she's like, I did everything this program taught me to do. I did the webinar. I did the nurture sequence. I did the, you know, and so I asked her, can I see your sales page? Well, sure. She put it up there. She's like, I don't understand. I'm ready to quit. I don't see how I can leave my day job. And, you know, she, the poor thing was literally on the ground. You know, I was like, let me give you a box of Kleenex and give me your sales page and let's see what I can do. Um, but when I looked at her sales page, it was beautiful. Mm. But the copy was just, I can, I'm going to help you do this. I'm going to help you do that. My product will help you do this. My, if I look at that, I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. I didn't come to read a resume. I have a problem. I need someone to help me with my sourdough starter because it's falling flat and it smells like dirty <laughs> socks. Are you the person that's going to help me do it? Because I don't see myself in the sales page. All I see is you, your product, your course. And she kept saying, when you take my course. And I thought, okay, how many times? And as a Kajabi designer, I can tell you, Copy will always precede design. It has to precede. Now, I think it's a beautiful dance that they work with, right? You want images of smiling, happy people on there because, again, that aspirational identity is important. But if the messaging is not there, it doesn't matter how pretty your website is. I'm going to go find somebody else because you're yeah. not speaking to me. No, you're and there's no connection. We don't connect no to connection. the readers. We just don't see yeah. ourselves in there. And when you, when it's like walking yeah. into a room, I think, I think when you walk into a room and I've had this experience in networking um, here in Perth, when you walk into the room and you don't feel as if 
It is for you and you don't see one other person like you, which is what testimonials does. It allows people to see another person in the room that's like them that has figured it out. And there is no, what do you need? Let me direct you to the drinks table or the, you know, the organiser of the event. Immediately what you want to do is get in your car and go home and put your fluffy slippers on and cuddle a cat and get (laughs) under the bed and read a book. That's just what you want to do. So true. <laughs> and in so fact, true. even if you wanted to go to a networking function at that point, you just might think, actually, I don't even need one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's where this girl was. I'm not, I don't need this. This is a failure. I'm never going to make it through this. I'm never going to. Yeah, I know. It okay. broke my heart. So now you found your way back to writing as a career. What are your big goals? Can you just like expose your soul to the world, please? What, oh, what do you want your copywriting brand to do for people? And who do you really want to work with? And tell us a little bit about how you figured that out. Yeah, well, I can say that you were pretty instrumental in that. So again, props to Jay, a uh, friend and mentor. Um, you know, I will say that you and and there's one other gal that's really helped me. The way you present yourself, uh, I learned a lot from you as a woman business owner, not as a copywriter necessarily. I mean, I have, don't get me wrong, but um, not just as a copywriter, but the ethics, the shape, the model, the, the, the figure of a business that is so unique that I don't see other marketers doing. Like we had a conversation, for example, and this is a little tangent, but on charm pricing, right? No judgment here if you do charm pricing. No big deal. I'm not, there's no condemnation. I mean, there is research out there that shows, you know, that supports that, but it is a brand decision, right? Am I going to do that? Or I'm just going to, instead of charging you $9.97, you know what? It's $1,000 because in the end, it's going to be $1,000 anyway. Why don't you just be intelligent and tell people to, but again, brand choice, no, no judgment here. But those are the small little things that I've learned from you. So to say all of that, uh, yes, Story Brand has been just a beautiful experience for me, uh, mostly because I think I've always wanted to write stories and I'm writing brand stories um, on women's websites. That's about as simple as I can make it. I'm clarifying brands messages, brand messages for women business owners um, because I believe that women, you know, I don't know. I We were talking about this earlier. Um, I, I'm Cuban-American. Uh, Mexican, Cuban, American, and I have never experienced anything. And we, we talked about earlier about having a conversation, a whole different podcast on race and stuff. Right. But I've never experienced any sort of denigration for who I am, my race, ethnicity, but I have experienced a level of denigration for being a woman. Um, because women sometimes have to make sadly difficult choices that I don't feel like another gender has to make. Um, we have to sometimes choose between work and family. And sometimes we want to be home with our children, but we also want to use our gifts and our assets to serve other people. And so I want to help women have the freedom essentially in their businesses by bringing in more uh, leads and sales by clarifying that brand message so that women have the freedom to make those choices. Um, Because I, yeah, isn't there something powerful about seeing a woman business owner rise? It just makes my heart flutter. It really does. Cause I'm like, you did it. Um, against all odds and, uh, yeah, you rose and it's pretty amazing. I used to roll my eyes about the start with the why thing, <clears throat> but then, um, enough people asked me and I realized that it, it sounds, I almost felt like my why was at odds with my message in some way. And then I kind of just embraced it. And now when I say it to people, I, f- I feel like it's a little, it's a little over the top. But my huge why is the amplification of women's voices. Yeah. Like, and how does that how does that relate to copy? Well, when they go out and they get, it's almost like holding up a megaphone. 
to the stories that women already have. Mm. Uh, and that, that would make me happy. And d- d- will that start a revolution? Good enough. If it does, uh, you know, I'd be happy with that. Is it a little over the top? Yep. Good. I'm happy with that too. But who is it over the top for, right? I don't know. Is it over the, that's the thing. <laughs> who is it over the top for? Yeah. 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 And that's the thing. Why can we not break those societal norms, stereotypes, those of what women should or have to be, or, I mean, I love my family. I'm devoted. I'm a homeschooling mom. I'm devoted to my family, but that doesn't mean that I don't have a voice that I don't have something to offer, but I don't necessarily have to be out in the world to do that. I can use my skill set, my giftings, my talents, and go out and do that and help others rise because mm. in, when they rise collectively, I rise too. Mm. Um, and that's, yeah, I think that's powerful. I just really think it's powerful. I love it. And I love you. Oh, oh and I, you, Jay, you have been such a beautiful, ex- I mean, for anyone that's listening, I have had a tumultuous year. Um, my husband passed away earlier this year um, from a brain cancer surgery. We've just had, we've, we moved, we've had all these and Jay has just been um, such a lovely, stable, constant figure that has helped me rise this year. And so, um, no, my friends, I, I love you so much gratitude for who you are as a business owner, uh, who you are as a copywriter and ultimately who you are as a friend because you've helped me rise. Okay. Thank we'll you. pull out the tissue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gabby. It's true. It's true. Do you have Tell a me. favorite word? Oh, wow. A favorite word. Um, cultivate. I think cultivate. Uh, I love my garden. I love my, but when you cultivate, you're literally working something. Isn't that what mothers do? Isn't that what women do? Isn't that what writers do? Are you not cultivating a story, a heart, a message? uh, um, Yeah, that's a good question. I'd say cultivate because it doesn't mean there's a final product. It means that you're, you're going to work it. You're going to nurture it. it. Yeah. Good yeah. one. Good one. Now you chickened out of, of, of taking us into the <laughs> outro with the, your day, may your day be so crisp. So I've made this today's may your day be so crisp as Gabby fired as I possibly can. May your day be so crisp as crisp as white linen sheets on fresh autumn mornings in Texas. Thank you. <clears throat> Gabby Thank you. does love a bit of linen. You know, you know, I love crisp linen, right? Like I am dressed in head to toe 99 and 99.999% of the time in crisp linen. I know. And so I hang it outside. I'm so impressed. Oh. And a good hat. <laughs> no, not at all. And a good hat. Oh, where'd it go? Yeah, I just took it off, which is why my hair is a little fuzzy. But uh, yeah. Is this love... the hat you bought yourself because you actually love... No, it hasn't <laughs> arrived yet. It hasn't. I still have to do the alt tags on the images. And so I thought okay. it'll the side will be ready when the hat comes. And then. Yeah, yeah, we I'll have to rock it on IG. Gabby's a bit of a course lover, but she also takes them and then implements them, which I think is pretty spectacular. But at one point I said to her, you have to make me an agreement that you are going on a self-ban of buying any more courses until you have finished this sales page. So if you she want did. to buy another course, you have to finish this sales page. <laughs> and then when you finished your, I think it was your, your homepage or something the other day, you were like, I bought a hat. Yes. I <laughs> Yep. I love hat. it. Yep. Okay. Well, it has been a pleasure to talk to you as always. Likewise, friend. Pretty much for the last year of my life. Um, <laughs> I love that 
my people wouldn't be able to now meet you because you're a glory. Oh, so no, this, and I think so Chris, my guest has been Gabby Angelina. Gabby is a conversion copywriter for women-owned brands who has taken her fancy MED. I made her mention this in her copy. Yes, she and did. lots of iced coffee while layered in head-to-toe linen to align a brand's messaging, giving brands a voice to serve with heart and purpose. Thank you, Gabby. Oh, thank you, my friend. Thank you. It has been oh, such an honor to hold this space with you. Thank you. You've been listening to So Crisp with copywriter, copy coach, and consultant Jay Crisp Crow. If you've loved this episode, get all the juicy details and links at crispcopy.com.au forward slash podcast. Make sure you never miss a bite by subscribing to So Crisp wherever you get your podcasts. Want to help us spread the deliciousness? Rate and review this show and share with your mates. Remember, if there's a copy question you want nibbled at, email me straight away right now.